You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I wish this didn't happen every day, but it seems to happen every day. I had a thought that popped into my head, literally as the intro was rolling. I might try to go live today. Um... And the only reason I'm saying that is because I kind of want to do it tomorrow, but I want to make sure that everything kind of works and get into the groove and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to make sure that everything was perfect down here, you know, get the right angles and uh, get the right background. and It's just too much is going on right now. It's every single week. I'm just, I feel like since we moved, it's just been nonstop. Buying a house is unbelievably expensive. All the stuff that has to go in here, paying movers, that costs a ton of money. Curtains, a TV table thing, rugs, a TV, egress window, thousands of dollars. New battery for my lawnmower because I no longer have this dinky little lawn. I've got a larger lawn, so I'm getting another battery. Turns out the batteries cost as much as the lawnmowers. Fridge dies, need to buy a new fridge. Doesn't end. And of course, I got the the grill, because that's a need. We got a dog, so we had to pay for the dog. And of course, you can't just pay for the dog, which is always the sales pitch. It's so cheap. Oh yeah, it is. The stuff for the dog is a lot more expensive than the dog. We need to get the dog a cage. Well, we already have a... No, no, no. We need one of these cages. We we need the little crate thing, and then we need the cage that he can kind of have more space in inside. And of course, we need to have one outside. And we need two different kinds of food, and we need hay to lay down in the outside thing. I... I I don't know. I've had dogs. I don't remember any of this stuff. (laughs) I don't know. Toys and leashes and whatever. Oh, and we took a trip down to uh, see my parents in Indiana. Mini vacation in the middle of chaos. Bottom line, kind of not in a place to uh, start spending a bunch of money on um, upgrading my camera for YouTube, upgrading my lighting, upgrading my background. Uh, I was going to get this sweet metal sign. That's on hold. Trying to decide between painting the room or putting up some, like, sweet actual material. Anyways, none of that is happening right now. So, uh, whatever. The the real kicker for me is I went on YouTube, because I hadn't even looked at it in a long time, and I just remembered I have a bunch of people that support me on YouTube. Like, they subscribe, pay money to be monthly members to my YouTube channel, and I've put out nothing in months. So it's like, you need to just do something. So I want to start, my absolute cutoff is preseason. So I, I maybe I'm going to do a stream after that game. I'm not entirely sure the best way to go about that. So anyways, that, just just be on alert because I hate going live and nobody's there. So that'll be a big 
kind of motive motivating factor if I go and it'll be on YouTube and I'll also put it on uh, Facebook. So um, just a thought, just a thought. Again, it just popped into my head. Anyways, pretty standard day today. Uh, we got a little bit of news here and there. We've got uh, Lafleur went did a little press conference thing. Um, I didn't take a single note from any of the players that went up there, and Deguara was one of the guys. I just I didn't even really watch the videos. I went through and looked at what the reporters were saying to see if there's anything I needed to see or if I could continue doing other work that needed to be done. I didn't see a single tweet that went out that I was like, I need to. I need to tell the people this. There's just nothing. So um, NFL notes, notes from Lafleur, and notes from training camp, and that's pretty much all I got. And I don't know if we're going to need some more more juice on top of it. I don't know. But I, I, well, no, no, we won't do that. We've talked enough. Let's get started. First of all, we do have some breaking news. You know what? I'll say it. What? Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is happening again. Yeah! So if that wasn't clear to you, Aaron Rodgers is going to be on Pat McAfee, McAfee, McAfee. It's kind of a strange last name, isn't it? Like the Mick thing for me, I don't really understand it. I could probably Google it and figure it out, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to tell me, and it's not really that interesting. But it's just a thing that the Irish put in front of like a name, right? Almost like Mr. Mr. Like McDonald would be Mr. Donald. McAndrew would be Mr. Andrew. Pat McAfee... McAfee would be Mick Affy. Like, Affy is like the thing that they put Mick in front of. That's kind of weird. I had a friend in school is uh, McGee. Like, Gee is the thing. Mick Gee. The heck is Gee? The heck is Affy? I don't know. These are the things that my brain does to me. Anyways, Rogers will be back on there. I never really... It's kind of like I'm this way with everything. I, I, I don't ever watch the show. I think the way the the internet is set up now, sitting down and watching a full-length show is a complete waste of time to me. Like, I've talked about how people who sit around and watch ESPN, it just boggles my mind. Partly because I only care about football, but even like NFL Network, I'm not going to sit and watch it. And part of the reason now I don't have to, like I said, I go on YouTube and every single segment is just cut up into clips. Like, every little point that was made, all that, they're everywhere. And and if it's not cut up there, I'm going to find it on anything interesting is going to be cut and put on Twitter somewhere. So I'm just going to take that clip. So I just, I don't know. But I appreciate everybody that actually wants to sit down and watch that show because they're the ones that generate those clips for me. So I don't have to sit and just watch it. I've got, got stuff to do. But occasionally you will get some uh, pretty good insights uh, from that. So it's cool. It's, it's nice to have Aaron be more candid about stuff, which he obviously has been. Um, and I don't really know what that means in the future. I mean, what is it we're going to want to know from him? I'm assuming the main thing is going to be, are you coming back next year? But they're going to, they'll probably touch on it early. And that's obviously not every Tuesday they're going to bring. Well, maybe they could. They could be like a running joke. But I think Aaron would just get annoyed. And the one thing you don't want to do when you have an all-star guest like Aaron Rodgers is annoy him. So I'm guessing that'll that'll come and go quickly. Anyways, I want to touch on uh, some news around the NFL. I know uh, a lot of people are like, I don't care. Talk about the Packers and then save this for later. No, listen, you got to understand. If I get a cheeseburger and fries... I'm not even going to glance at that cheeseburger until the fries are gone. I'm not going to touch a sesame seed on that bun until every single fry is gone. There's no way. Like, if, if I get, you know, my traditional breakfast, like the stack of pancakes, eggs, sausage, hash browns, and then you mix all the eggs and sausage and cut up the, you know, mix it all together into a, like a casserole. I have to contemplate for a moment what I want to eat more 
so that I can save it. If I'm really in the mood for pancakes, I'm going to eat the little egg scramble thing I just made. If, I, if that egg thing is looking just on point, I'm going to devour the pancakes and then move over to the other thing. Save the best for last. I'm not going to give you the steak and then be like, all right, after the break, I got a baked potato for you. Like, this is stupid. So I'm sorry. That's just not how the world is structured. Don't blame me. I didn't create the world, nor its structure. For those of you interested in, in some of the games going on, and I, and I do find it interesting who's playing and who's not, um, we know that Tom Brady's actually going to play a little bit, probably just a series, but maybe more. I don't know. find that kind of shocking. Um, don't think he needs it. Don't know why he would want to risk injury in, in preseason. I was thinking about that. There is just no chance in the world that I think I would play hardly anybody in the preseason. And I understand, like, you get off to a slow start. I would much rather have a slow start than risk losing Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, um, Jair. I mean, some guys you got to risk it a little bit, right? I might put Aaron Jones out there a little bit. Dylan's going to get a little bit of work, especially because he's kind of young. Let's go through it, because now I'm curious. Look at Matt Corral just sitting there. Sorry. <laughs> I went over to uh, our lads to pull it up so I don't miss anybody and go through like I like to do. And uh, Matt Corral is sitting there. So Devontae is probably the only guy that I'm not going to put out there. Because you got to risk injury to some degree, right? If Alan Lazard goes out, that's horrible. But, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, Bakhtiari ain't playing. I think Elton's going to play. Josh is going to play. Everybody else in the offensive line is going to play. Probably all the tight ends are going to play. I know Tunyon is seen as like a freakish guy, but it's he's going to play. Maybe not a ton. Again, it's the the... The more important you are, the less you're going to play. There are going to be some games where Tunyon doesn't play and Jenkins doesn't play. I'm just talking about, like, I don't ever want them to touch the field in the preseason. Three games, big deal. If you're slow on week one, so what? Some of these guys were slow through week eight before they figured it out. What is risking a preseason injury going to do? So that you're ready by week six this year? Because I gave you seven snaps in the preseason? Come on. Kenny probably ain't playing. Uh, Zadarius ain't playing. Rashawn is. Preston is. I said Alexander is not. Um, kind of iffy on Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. I think they're going to get a little work, but but very little because again, I think they're going to be real important and have some critical roles. So, you know, I might get them out there just to kind of get the muscles loose a little bit. But uh, there's going to be not a lot of seeing them. And obviously, you know, special teams they got to do what they got to do. But yeah, that that group, I just I don't care. Right? Again, Kenny was slow basically the whole year, with the exception of. The final what quarter? So yeah, I'm not going to give him 15 snaps in the preseason in hopes that maybe we get one extra game of high quality play from Kenny Clark. If he's ready, he's ready. If he's not, he's not. I don't know what to tell you. His preseason is going to be the joint practice with the Texans or or with the Jets. I mean, that's your opportunity to push really big human beings and kind of get the feel for it. Um, guys that are not on your team and kind of get a little aggression out, and then you're just you're done. Sorry. Anyways, um, Jimmy Garoppolo apparently is going to be playing. Kind of makes sense because Trey is probably going to be the starting quarterback, so why not? It's not like you're really losing anything. But it's always, again, kind of interesting to me if you're planning on peeping that. Um, Vikings, rookie left tackle Christian Derisaw was in Philadelphia yesterday seeing a specialist as his return from core muscle surgery continues to be an issue. Christian, uh, Christian Derisaw underwent a minor course procedure this morning with specialist Dr. William Myers in Philadelphia. The visit was, quote, good news overall, and the hope is Derisaw is ready week one. So, you know, if I had to guess, if he was a Packer, let's say, I would guess he's not playing week one. This is not me just being an optimistic Packer fan. The fact of the matter is he's still a rookie. As much as we might look like him, he's a rookie, and he needs practice, and he needs preseason. 
And so the idea that he's so elite, he's going to be so amazing that we can just throw him in at left tackle with no practice, and he's just going to be this dominant tackle, that's just not reality. And so there's no reason to rush him back. If he's probably, you know, if the doctor's like, he'll probably be okay by week one, nah, sorry. We'll let him start when he's definitely ready. And in the meantime, he's going to be getting a ton of reps in practice and getting up to speed. And then as soon as he's 100% ready, both physically and mentally, as in terms of like practice is going well and the doctor's like, there's no, he's completely fine. That's when he plays. No issue whatsoever. If he's, if he comes back like the week before week one and just saying, look, week one, we've got some guys that have been practicing this whole time. They're veterans. They understand things. I don't have the time to get you all caught up and in, in all this stuff. I, I, you know, again, if it was the Packers, I don't know exactly how the Vikings do things. If it was the Packers, I would not expect him to be playing week one. I mean, Stokes has been there the entire time, and King has been injured this entire time. I still think King's going to play. So obviously the Packers would not be putting the left tackle out there for quite a while. Some uh, notes from the Detroit Lions. TJ Hawkinson might be having the best summer of anyone in Allen Park and has been Jared Goff's number one target in the passing game, has been the best target in camp, and it's not even close, which is not surprising for several reasons. First of all, Jared Goff and um, 100% blanking right now. What Matt Stafford. There we go. I knew it was Matt, but I'm like, Matt who? Matt, I was looking, Matt Ryan, Matt Bryant. What is it? No, Stafford, way off. Samsonite. I was way off. But those two guys are not the same. And, and again, I just genuinely don't think Goff is as good of a, of a quarterback. And so you got Matt Stafford with the big arm who loves to push the ball down the field. And I think Goff is more s- programmed to be dink and dunk, partially just by his nature, but partially because he comes from a McVeigh system. They worked the tight ends a lot. They did a lot of system type things, quick passing type things. So it just, it, it seems to fit him more. But also, Hawkinson probably just is the best receiver on the team. I mean, I've talked about it before. They, they don't really have a lot of good wide receivers on that team. With Kenny Galladay gone, uh, there's not much going on. And they got some injury issues going on over there. 100% it makes sense that it would be Hawkinson and it's not close for the Lions. And that's something to uh, think. T- to be completely honest, and again, I'm giving away all my, my secrets for fantasy football, which are not probably very good secrets, but plus I'm all over the place. I like like seven different tight ends right now. I've already mentioned the guy in Atlanta. If you think about what might make sense for this team, we built up the offensive line. We don't have the best quarterback in the world, but we do have a good tight end, not very good wide receivers, and we really like our running back. Basically, their best option right now is to be the Raiders. The Lions should try to be the Raiders. And when you factor in their head coach, who is kind of similar to Gruden, kind of makes sense, right? It's all about the trenches. Just smash you in the mouth kind of football. We're going to be tougher than you. That's it. Those types of teams like to smash the ball down your throat and then work the tight ends, right? Smash, smash, smash. And then this one time, you're going to have Hawkinson instead of block, and he's going to slip out, and he's going to be wide open because the linebackers are already crashing down. The, the, the only problem they're going to have is this is a team that's never been successful running the ball, so they're going to have to be successful running the ball. And if they can't do that, and I'm sorry to say, Jamal is not going to be the guy. If they can't do that with their running backs, they're in a lot of trouble. I love Jamal, but he's not sort of a bust this thing wide open kind of running back. He'll help you in the passing game with his receiving, with his uh, blocking, and can run the ball. But if you want to consistently down after down gash another team, he's not a guy that's going to consistently get you six, seven yards. But they got Swift. We'll see what happens. Uh, Continuing on with the Lions, as far as wide receivers go, Tyrell Williams will probably be the number one receiver. 
Again, kind of goes to show what's going on over there. He's certainly been the best deep threat in camp, but snap to snap, Amon Ross St. Brown has been the more consistent target. He's a physical hard-nosed receiver, and I think he'll fit in well with the offense. So there's a couple guys kind of competing for who might be the top receiver. The clear, um, the clear receiver, not a wide receiver, is Hawkinson for the Lions. And I just had a panic attack envisioning in my mind my uh, grill in flames. So I'm going to go check and see how things are going upstairs. I just started this morning um, a pork butt. If you saw on social media, they dropped the price. The last time I bought one, because meat prices are out of control right now, it was like $35 which isn't too bad because I ate that for a week. And that was basically all I ate. So for one week, basically breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I had some variation of it. That's not bad for 35 bucks. We're talking $140 for a month if I just ate nothing but pork butt for a month. Anyways, they had those same ones for about $13 at my local grocery store. Massive discount. So I bought five of them. So today, because I've been on a massive taco kick and not, not the traditional American tacos, traditional, traditional tacos, like corn and uh, salsa verde and that whole thing. So rather than using a traditional barbecue rub, I'm going with, I uh, marinated it in a fajita sauce, which I know marinades don't do much, especially on a bigger roast, but I still wanted that kind of coated on the outside and a little bit on the inside. It penetrates a little bit. And then I got a uh, meat church fajita stuff, put that on there. And so that's going to be my taco meat for, uh, for a long time excited about it, man. And I just got my meter, so I'm going to be using that. It's going to be great. Anyways, let me go check the grill, make sure I'm not starting the house on fire. I'll be right back. Okay, we're good. Smells amazing. No fires. Good to go. I keep seeing in these dumb Facebook groups, everyone's like, there's fire, fire. Like, why is there a fire? What are you doing? It's like an outdoor oven. How does everybody start a fire all the time? But it freaks me out. Anyways, lots of Bears notes. Um, a lot of real good Bears reporters that are kind of keeping you up to speed on things. Um, again, I do think one of the big differences between what I've noticed with Bears reporters and what I've noticed with Packers reporters is that Bears reporters are not as objective. Uh, you'll see Packers reporters saying this guy's not having a good day, another drop from so-and-so, bad day, blah, 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 blah. A little bit from Bears reporters, but it's mostly positive stuff. So keep that in mind. I will say this, though. I've not seen hardly a single negative thing about Justin Fields. It's been like unbelievably positive. Like this guy is a circus freak. So, I mean, you do with that information what you will. I I kind of buy it. If I had to guess, again, my expectation of Jordan Love is a decent day. I think he's going to look good most of the time, but he's going to have some mistakes. And I'll be surprised if he doesn't throw any interception. I'm kind of leaning toward however many yards, who cares, but like one touchdown, one interception kind of a day. I think Justin Fields is going to have a heck of a day. I really do. I just think he's going to have a great day. I think he's going to look real good, and I think Bears fans are going to lose their mind, and I think Packers fans are going to say, so what, it's a stupid preseason game. I'm just saying, man, it, it, it's, uh, it's been a lot of positive news. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be great, but if you're a Bears fan and you're excited, you've got every right to be, because either your reporters are lying to you or this guy's something. Anyways, kind of ripping through the Bears notes, uh, Tevin Jenkins still not at practice. Again, the Vikings and Bears tackles having some issues. Uh, head coach Matt Nagy said the more reps, the better when talking about Justin Fields' workload in the first preseason game. So they're going to treat him kind of similar to uh, Jordan Love, in which case, or insofar as he's going to be getting the workload, the majority of it. Bears coach Matt Nagy says rookie quarterback Justin Fields will play, quote, past halftime and potentially into the fourth quarter against the Dolphins on Saturday. They want him to get a bunch of reps. Waddle is sure putting the pressure on the DB. So I, I've got, I was like, why are you talking about Waddle? That's a Dolphin. They had a joint practice. 
And by the way, for the Dolphins, uh, Waddle has been another guy that there's been nothing but effusive praise for, and Tua seems to have a real good relationship with him, and he's also a yards after the catch guy, so even if Tua's not having a great day, you can dump it off to Waddle, and it seems, again, it's just training camp and practice and all that, but it's been nonstop praise of, dude, Waddle is a freak. And it's not that way for everybody, right? We have not heard that about Stoke. We have not heard that about any of the other, you know, right, the, the other, who's the other wide receiver, Chase something? See, I'm telling you, dude, my brain... Just memory dumps everything. I'm obsessed with the draft. All I talk about is the draft. All I know, and then four days after the draft, I don't remember anybody's name. But all the other wide receivers, for the most part, with the exception of the guy in the Jets who's now injured, not a lot of praise. Anyways, Waddle is sure putting the pressure on the DBs. Another great route for a good chunk of separation complete from Tua. Waddle and Grant are putting on a show in this period. So they kind of tore up the Bears' defense a little bit. Not that the Bears' defense, it sounds like the offense on both teams kind of won the day, and obviously Khalil Mack is a good football player, but... The Dolphins' quarterback wide receivers had no problem going after the secondary of the Bears is what, what the general impression I got. It's one-on-ones for the quarterbacks, tight ends, and Bears and DBs of the Dolphins. Justin Fields and Nick Foles are having the most success right now, and they're zipping passes and tight spots right now. So again, when the Bears took over, they also picked apart the Dolphins. Next note says, there's no doubt the best quarterback on either field today was Justin Fields. Remember, two is also there, and Dalton, who was the presumed starter early on, was also there. Just completed a near perfect red zone, uh, per, nearly perfect red zone period. Only co- incompletion was a drop by Riley Ridley in the back corner of the end zone on a good ball. All of Fields' talent was on display. That's basically been like every day from Justin Fields, like perfect passes on the run, all this stuff. Not a single bad note. I mean, early on, I think there was some negative stuff about Fields, but it quickly dissipated. Finally, Drew Rosenhaus, agent for the Bears, Pro Bowl defensive lineman Akeem Hicks has approached the team regarding an extension for his client who's entering the last year of his contract. Rosenhaus was spotted in Chicago today and said Akeem wants to finish his career with the Bears if possible. Now, here's just my thought on that, because we know Akeem already tried to leave the team. We know that he wanted out of Chicago. So I don't necessarily think it's because he just thinks that Chicago is the best team ever and this is the only place he ever wants to play, because again, we already know that that's, that's not true. However, it's the fact that it's the last year of his contract. And so very, very soon, he's about to play football. And he's also getting up in age a little bit. So while he can, he would like to get that one last mega contract. And he wants the Bears to give it to him. And so they're going to come out and be like, this is what he wants. He wants to be a Bear. And it's also, by the way, this, this is kind of strategic. This puts pressures on, pressure on the Bears because Bears fans want Akeem Hicks. And if Akeem Hicks, especially, especially on a team where a lot of guys are like, I don't want to be here anymore, comes out and is like, I love this team and I want to be here for the team, I want to finish my career here, the fans are going to be like, dude, you better pay him. My Packer fans do the same thing. Like, how dare you not pay him? With Devontae, with Rodgers, with everybody. So it's a strategy. The question, though, is how much does he want? He may just want way too much, but the point is they want a contract before he has to play football because if he gets hurt, then he may not get any more big contract. He tried his hand at getting out of Chicago. It didn't work. This is his last chance to get a giant contract. And again, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Some guys, they care more about winning, especially guys that aren't getting the mega contracts anymore, like Mercedes Lewis. If he leaves, he might be able to get a little bit more, but he's not getting the mega contract. If you're a free agent, maybe you can kind of choose between this, that, or the other, but it's always going to come down to money. This is his last chance as a football player to make a bunch, and so he's taking a shot. Him and Drew Rosenhaus are taking a shot to squeeze the Bears for a bunch. And of course, the Bears are going to offer him something, but who knows? We'll see if they can come to an agreement. They probably will. And Elijah Moore, by the way, is the guy that got injured for the Jets. He was another guy that got just tons of of positive press about Elijah Moore, but he ended up getting hurt. 
Anyways, um, why don't we take a break there before we get into LaFleur's press conference and then what happened in training camp. Um, I got a lot of thank yous. I, I was kind of, I, I say it once in a while where it's like, it's a big goal to get to 300 patrons, but at the same time, there's so many people that listen. If you guys just got together, maybe just talk amongst yourselves and jump in on Patreon, we can knock this thing out. Kind of seems like that happened yesterday because I've never had a flood of this many people. I think I was asleep and I woke up and I'm like, Patreon, 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 Patreon. For some of you, um, upping your pledge. So thank you to Mr. Wombat Mode, Mike Hebering, and Andrew Matson for upping your pledge. Uh, Mike has basically just created a, a tier of his own. The highest tier I think I have is $20 a month and he upped it to $25. So uh, thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate it. And then thank you to Benny the Beast and Chad Maurer for jumping in on Patreon. I really, really do appreciate that. But we are now officially up to 237, putting us only 63 away. And if we can keep that pace of like five a day, (laughs) we can get there. I think it was actually only two because the other three were increases. But anyways, that that is just... I remember when I started Patreon thinking, nobody's going to do this. Like, why would anybody do this? And I've started to understand because I've started to support people on Patreon myself, but it's just been kind of shocking how many people have been supportive of what I do, and um, that's kind of awesome. If you'd like to uh, help support the podcast, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to pay for the year, that's also an option. There's a discount when you do that, obviously. It seems to be what most people like to do. And if you want to get into the fantasy football leagues, this is the best way to do it. I'm actually surprised not a lot of people, I should see how many openings there are, not a lot of people got involved in the fantasy football group. I posted it on Patreon for the next lowest tier, and not a ton of people, I don't think, jumped on it. Let me see. Looks like seven people joined, so we've got... Actually, only six, because I'm one of them. But we have seven more spots, and I think there's one spot in the other league, so we officially have eight And today is the day we're going to drop it down one more tier. And that's going to be the $5 a month tier. So if you're in that, be very, very ready because I intend to finish these out today. Also, thank you very, very much to to TK Knowles for the donation. Very, very sizable donation at that. I didn't see that until just the second. It was a very pleasant surprise. Thank you very, very much. So we have raised $1,900 ourselves for the Palmer Home, which is obviously really, really incredible. It's a home that takes care of children in need. Um, Overall, in this larger group of people that are all raising money together, myself included, um, we have raised uh, $23,943 out of the $20,000 goal. So um, that continues to get ramped up. We are still in sixth place. I can say we are comfortably in sixth place. So there's there's a much better chance we jump into fifth than drop down into seventh. The next highest is $1,100. But Matt Bailey got a, a big surge. Well, there's two guys right at 2,100, so we could actually jump to fourth place for the first time if we could leapfrog those guys, but we'll see how it goes. It's getting kind of tight down here at the bottom. I dig that. But anyways, if you want to support the Palmer Home, you can do so. Um, I have links on my Twitter. It's the pin post. There's a pin post also in the Facebook group, the Packing a Podcast Facebook group. You can make your donations straight there. If you don't want to do that, uh, some people have just sent me money directly on Venmo or whatever, and I will um, forward that money directly to the Palmer Home. Otherwise, again, the biggest thing that you can do to help me out is to spread the word, invite people to the Facebook group, invite people to uh, the Facebook page, um, or just tell people about the podcast would be the number one thing you can do to help me out. This is peak Packer season. This is when the most amount of people are going to be like, all right, I actually care about what the Packers are doing. So this is my time to, to build an audience. 
Off-season is when I feed the needy. <laughs> the guys that are diehards and already know about the show. Regular season is when I can get some uh, more more casual fans a little more hooked. Anyways, um, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so a couple notes from Matt LaFleur and his press conference. Packers coach Matt LaFleur says today's practice was designed to give veterans rest. Yesterday's practice. So two days ago, whatever. You know, the ones where all the guys rested. The team will go longer today, i.e. yesterday, close to two hours. Players who are not going to play Saturday will get the majority of the reps today because obviously the guys that are playing Saturday, that's going to be their big practice. Matt LaFleur on Josiah DeGuara. DeGuara looks fantastic. It looks like he picked up right where he left off. He's such a savvy, smart football player. One of the things I love after this quote came out, everybody suddenly had the hot take that I had over a year ago when we drafted the guy. <laughs> now everybody's like, dude, DeGuara is going to be great, dude. Matt LaFleur loves DeGuara so much. He's going to utilize DeGuara so much. And I'm just sitting there with my feet up like, yep, it's quite a take you got there, fella. Where'd you come up with that? (laughs) I know it isn't for me. I'm just saying it just uh, took you a while. That's all I'm saying. Matt LaFleur says Jordan Love will have some card work going into Saturday's preseason opener versus the Texans, similar to a regular season game. He has a good idea of what the Texans might try to do, knows it's a big debut for his young quarterback. So there are some degenerate gamblers at my job. Literally every day, there's money on the table for Family Feud. And there's nothing on Family Feud but reruns that we've already seen. We just can't remember who won and who didn't. And so they're making like $5 bets on whether or not the family gets the, the you know, to 200 and wins the, the money or whatever. $20,000. You know how it is. Bet on absolutely everything. We had barbecue yesterday because uh, somebody lost a bet. And while he was here, they made another bet. And he's going to lose again because it's a ridiculous bet. There's always bets going on. I don't really partake in that. Because I, I'm broke, and I just, I just, I just don't, you know, I, I don't ever have any cash on, and I just don't want to, you know, $5 to me is, is a big deal, I don't know. But anyways, I, I had uh, one of the, the D-Gens say that he wanted to make a side bet. He wasn't talking to me, obviously, because he knows he's going to get no action from me. He wanted to make a side bet that the Packers would lose a preseason game, and I'm like, dude, I'm, you, you just kind of threw it out there generally, and I'm like, dude, I can't take a preseason game, are you kidding me? And then I was reminded about Family Feud, and I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But this quote here, Coupled with the video image of Deshaun Watson 
walking off the field with his head buried down into the ground with his hood over his head, trying to hide himself, and then lashing out at the media, saying, why do you guys have to record me every day? It's the same freaking thing every day. And just the body language of everybody in Houston. This is such a beaten and broken down franchise. And even though they've got a new coach and a new GM and a new all this stuff, and I'm sure they're trying to get guys revved up, this team is a mess. And so although preseason doesn't really mean anything, and and obviously the Texans could walk away with a win here, at the end of the day, the Packers are still a better team. Now, granted, if Jordan Love is terrible and their backup quarterback is good, that might just be enough to, to finish this thing off. But reading this note, the Packers fully intend to win the game, right? Usually preseason is about we're going to try some stuff, we're going to learn some stuff, we're going to do this, that, or the other. He's talking about we've got some plans on how to beat the Texans, and we've got some ideas of what the Texans are going to be trying to do. And this is even says he knows this is a big debut for his young... He wants Jordan Love to win real bad. The Texans, I'm sure they want to win, but I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I, so so I, I was like, all right, you know what? As soon as I saw this note, and then I saw the Texans thing and how beaten and battered and depressed and down they are, I thought, I'm just going to take the bet. No bet is ever 100%, but I'm feeling pretty good about this. I think the Packers are going to end up beating the Texans just because, again, Packers really want to win, and the Texans just, the whole team just seems deflated. So um, if he wins, I'm going to get pizza. If I win, he's going to bring in some barbecue. Not like Mission. I mean, he has to, like, cook it. So, I mean, if he wants to go pay for Mission Barbecue, that's that's fine. By the way, uh, if anybody at the Mission Barbecue organization would like to sponsor the podcast, big fan, big barbecue guy over here. Love your product. It's fantastic. Not going to denigrate any other barbecue place on the off chance that they want to sponsor me, but um, we have kind of settled in on Mission. That's generally when we want barbecue, that's where we go. It's good stuff, man. Just saying. Kind of elaborating on that last note, uh, something from Aaron Nagler. He says, not much game planning in the preseason, but given Jordan Love's NFL debut on Saturday, will be, quote, highly scrutinized. Actually, Nagler, that was his... Anyways, whatever. Lafleur said they will scheme a few things. Quote, there's enough all-purpose plays in our plan that we can go out and execute at a high level. So again, it's like, you know, this really isn't about winning. It's about evaluation and all that. But we're going to try to find a way to blend just kind of doing preseason things, but making sure that we still go out and dominate and annihilate the Texans. Final note, Matt LaFleur says he's willing to use starters on special teams in a, quote, spot play, whatever that is, basis of, basis if it improves quality of those units, especially in coverage, whatever gives us the best opportunity to win games. So it's a nothing note. Bottom line is, As much as we all would love to have a dominant special teams unit, teams refuse to put their quality players on special teams, with a a few exceptions. Um, And they just... It's not only that, though. If you listen to what uh, Coach Hahn had said when he came on the program about how they structure practice, the second-tier guys during some of the drills will split off and go do special teams. So... You know, if you're going to put a guy on special teams, you have to take him away. There's not like just a special teams time where everybody goes and does special teams. There's only so much time to practice, and they dedicate the offensive practice to the offensive players and the defensive practice to the defense players, and they split that up all kinds of ways. And so special teams has to have a period during that same time. There's no additional time for special teams. There's offense, there's defense, and then there's a period of special teams. And so some of these guys have to break away from offense and defense and go do special teams. And so who are you going to rip away from the offense 
and offensive training to go do special team stuff? Who are you going to rip away from defensive training, defensive line training, whatever, defensive back training to go do special teams work? It is a problem. I don't want to take, you know, again, go back to the old example of Randall Cobb. He was a fantastic returner, but once he became a really good wide receiver and an extremely valuable wide receiver, they said, you're not doing that anymore. So just in that example, it's not just a matter of, we just don't want you to get hurt, which is a reality, but also we don't want to take you away from the offense and say, okay, while everybody else studies the offense and tries to hammer in this game plan for how to beat the team next week, why don't you take a break and go over there and field punts? No, he needs to be a part of this. He's a big part of our offensive game plan going forward. So every year there's lip service about special teams, and every year it's a bad special teams unit. I don't know. It is what it is. Anyways, moving on to training camp notes. Kevin King, Stanford Samuels, Isaiah McDuffie, and Kamal Martin were all back practicing. I mentioned when you factor in DeGuaro the day before coming back, this is like an early birthday present for me with uh, McDuffie, who I really like, and Kamal Martin, who I really like. Uh, special day. Um, undrafted free agent. Chris Blair, who missed a couple days, or UFA, not UDFA. Chris Blair, who missed a couple days with an ankle, is also back. And Kingsley Kiki was also back. That was, I kept, like, deleting notes and then adding them because people kept adding different players. So uh, Kevin King, Stanford Samples, Isaiah McDuffie, Kamal Martin, Chris Blair, Kingsley Kiki. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Mercedes Lewis, Preston Smith were all back off of their veteran rust days as well. Six Packer players were out including Equinemius with a hamstring injury, Aaron Jones with a hamstring injury, Rashawn Gary with a groin injury, Randy Ramsey with an ankle injury, Jawan Winfrey with a shoulder injury, and Kenny Clark. More news on Randy in a minute. Quarterback notes, Rodgers takes seven straight reps in team, and here comes Love with the twos. So again, they're trying to get Rodgers some extra work because he's not playing on Saturday. Love just aired out a beautiful deep ball, but Tompkins broke off the route a little early. Love to Tompkins deep for a big reception with Ento in coverage. Tough day for KB and Ento so far. Rodgers puts it where only Mercedes Lewis can catch it near sideline and the and the wet Viley. I'm guessing that's supposed to be as the Viley Viley vet died. <laughs> Rodgers threw a pass to Mercedes Lewis. There you go. Love with a great find and throw on a deep crosser to Begleton. Vernon Scott nearest in coverage. The Jordan Love and Reggie Begleton connection is still going. Love hits Begleton on a deep out. Leads him in stride away from good coverage from Vernon Scott. A fan in the stand shouts, nice throw, Jordan, so the bleacher section is happy. So a lot of people put notes on that after this happened. That's also how you know that the, the blue checkmark guys all kind of sit by each other because they all have similar observations. They also like to throw out collective jabs at uh, smaller Packers guys at the exact same time. So they all sit on each other's laps and talk football and whatnot. Anyways, <laughs> come on, it's a little funny. I just got a funny visual of them like sitting really close to each other, discussing football, like drinking a juice box. And I thought, what's a more offensive way to say that? All right, they're sitting on each other's laps. Anyways. Oh, come on. They can throw jabs. I can throw jabs back. It's all in good fun. They can tweet out something mean tomorrow and giggle to each other. They all were, were commenting on how Jordan Love to Reggie Begleton is a real thing. The one interesting thing I was thinking about that, and I don't think Reggie Begleton has a very good shot, but I do sort of think he has a very good shot at least of, of getting put on the practice squad. Because if there's something here with Love and Begleton, not that Begleton's ever going to be a dominant player, but if we are thinking in any kind of capacity to, let's say, above 50%, that Jordan Love is going to be our quarterback after this year, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have Reggie Begleton around next year to just see how that connection's blooming? Obviously, you're going to have Devontae, and, or I shouldn't say obviously, but hopefully, ideally, we're going to have Devontae. I do still think that's going to happen. And um, Amari. But outside of that, there's a whole bunch of question marks, probably MVS, I don't know. 
But who knows? Maybe there's just a real strong connection between Love and Begleton, and they want to keep him around. It at least would be a good idea, again, to stash him on the practice squad so that we can bring him up next year and kind of see um, where that connection's at. Rodgers just caught the defense, subbing free play and a nice completion to DeGuara over the middle. Vintage Aaron Rodgers. Josiah DeGuara right back with the ones and has already made a couple catches from Rodgers during team. Rodgers even does it again. His own team catches the D with 12 men on the field and gets a free play. He hits DeGuara down the right seam. Wide receiver notes, Adams beats Ento clean in double drills with Rodgers over, but Rodgers overthrows him by about five yards, should have been a touchdown. I do like to include that in there, and I get, I keep saying this, but that's just a perspective tweet, right? Again, because Rodgers does it, we go, eh, it happens. Love does it, it's that guy's a bust, right? You gotta do side-by-side comparisons here. We gotta be a little bit more fair about these things. Stuff happens. Funches limps off, did so yesterday, but came back. Packers def- defense loses uh, Taylor on a crosser. Love finds him easy. Kadar closest in coverage. Devin Funches invisible discomfort on the sideline while being checked out by a head trainer, Brian Engel. Can't tell exactly what the injury is. Important for him to be healthy for preseason battling for the last wide receiver spot, which is fair. I have said I do think Funches is one of the better receivers, but um, with drafting Amari and then bringing in Cobb, it's definitely not a certainty. Um, so we'll see exactly what the plan is there. End around pitch to MVS for seven. I thought that was interesting because he doesn't do that a lot. I always thought MVS would be perfect for that because obviously he's got blazing speed, but they don't utilize him as much as you would expect. So it is interesting to get MVS going uh, sideline to sideline. And he got a touchdown out of it. Finally, Lazard with a really nice contested catch over Josh Jackson. Running back notes with Jones still out, Hill rotating with the ones at running back. Again, it seems all but locked in at this point that Hill's going to be the number three. It's kind of wild. Fumbled toss between Love-Taylor. Defense recovers. I put that as a running back note, not a quarterback note, because I'm assuming if you fumble a toss, it's not the quarterback's fault, right? I mean, I'm assuming if he pitched it behind the running back or if it was a really terrible toss, it would have been noted as such. So I'm saying that was on Taylor. Two days in a row with a bad drop by Dylan. I don't recall the first note, but that's not a good thing. One of the biggest things Dylan's going to need to be able to do is uh, be a receiver. Now, these things take time and whatever. It's not like... uh, Aaron Jones was necessarily a dominant receiver or Jamal right out of the gate. I mean, that was something that they grew to do over time, and they became quite good at it, but definitely not what you want to see with the drops. Kylan Hill with a one-handed catch from Rodgers with the ones in two-minute drill quickly gets up the field for a nice gain. With Jones out, Kylan has been a third-down back of choice. Now, I don't want to say anything super crazy, but I've been wondering, at least trying to wonder to myself, what would be the odds that Kylan at some point becomes a number two. Way too early for this, but it just it just dawned on me. We don't know what the Packers think of A.J. Dillon. We assume he's going to be this great running back and he's going to be the number two guy and all that kind of stuff, which by default he is right now. But he didn't play very much last year, so there were some issues. And again, we assume that, well, he's all caught up now and, and it'll be a trial by fire thing, if, if nothing else. And he ran real well last year or whatever, but if Kylan Hill is a really good running back, and let's say he's a better blocker and a much better receiver. I'm just saying, it's not impossible. And what do you do in that position? If he is that good, what do you do? That's all I'm asking. I don't know. Just something to chew on. Also, just one of those things where if something super crazy happens, I just want to make sure I'm the first one to even mention it. So there you go. Tight end notes, it's all DeGuara all day. DeGuara with uh, at least his third catch during team drills today. He's having a really nice day. DeGuara running with the ones a bunch today. Really nice catch over the middle in two minutes. Number one defense wins two minute, but Josiah DeGuara made a nice catch to convert a fourth and four to keep the drive moving. DeGuara had a nice day today. About the best training camp day 
um, of all the training camp days for me because Deguara just got back and he's already the star of the team. So I'm super excited about it. Uh, Runyon, offensive line notes, uh, at left guard with the ones to start team. I saw his dad yesterday, John Runyon um, Sr., on the televisions yesterday, so that was kind of cool. Lucas Patrick just moved TJ Slayton five yards down the field. Patrick not going to give up his starting guard spot with a heck of a fight. Jake Hansen with maybe his best playoff scene as he picks up an Oren Burks blitz with ease, which, as we talked about yesterday, apparently not a hard thing to do. Oren Burks, I think, is, what, 0 for 16 in the regular season, trying or 0 for 18, I think on blitzes, which is staggering. Staggeringly terrible. For a linebacker, terrible. Like one in five, you should be getting pressure. When you have about 20, you would expect him to have like four-ish. He has zero. So Oren Burks is not a skilled pass rusher. But hey, good for Jake Hansen. Um, a big hug and pat on the helmet from Rodgers to rookie Josh, uh, rookie center Josh Myers after the ones team period. Good to see that those two are getting along great. And we know Aaron Rodgers does not put up with people who are not good at football. He's already praised him effusively. And obviously that relationship has continued to blossom. If you want to be friends with Aaron Rodgers, the number one thing you can do is be really good at your job. If he relies on you. Otherwise, I mean, it doesn't matter. You can be friends in other competitors. Like Jordan Love. If Jordan Love is terrible, Rodgers will still like him because who cares? But if you're the guy snapping on the ball and you suck at snapping the ball and blocking and keeping him safe, I don't think he's going to want to be your friend. Just throwing it out there. Defensive tackle notes, Dean Lowry comes up a bit gimpy following a run play inside, jogs off to the side. Lowry is back, knifes through for a would-be sack. Love throws anyway, finds Colin Hill, holds on for an impressive catch with Campbell in coverage. So Lowry a little bit dinged up, but comes back and gets a sack, so good for him. That's it for DTs, though. Some edge notes, new outside linebacker Chauncey Rivers having a day, been in the backfield a bunch, at least two pressures and a tackle for a loss. And that's not the first time. I think we just brought the guy in, and he already had some highlights. Um... And that's kind of a big deal. Granted, he's probably running with uh, the twos or threes or whatever he's doing, but still, um, some guys are not getting a lot of notes at all. I think Preston gets to Rodgers on his eighth and final team rep, but Lazar did a nice comeback for a completion. Speaking of, Preston. If there's one guy that we should have been hearing by now with Rashawn and Zadarius banged up, right? So so when Zadarius is, is practicing in training camp, we always hear about him getting a ton of pressure. He's been out. With him out, Rashawn has been pressure, 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 nonstop, every day, all day. Can't stop him, unblockable. He gets dinged up and it's like, all right, Preston, let's see something. And I'm just, there's just not very much. He's not winning very much against our offensive linemen, but he got one here. Uh, Delonte Scott having a nice day as he busts through for a sack. Love chucks the ball out of bounds. The Packers have placed outside linebacker Randy Ramsey on injured reserve and have signed Dominique Martin, a 5'10", 180-pounder who played in the spring league in 2020 and 2021. Cornerback, I don't know if I mentioned that. So Randy Ramsey is officially done for the year. Not a good sign for him. We're kind of, kind of somewhat expecting that, I think. We heard that it was not good news for Randy Ramsey, so... This was somewhat expected. One linebacker note, Chris Barnes is undoubtedly playing much faster. Really nice toss play outside setup uh, to Kylan Hill, but Barnes gets to the sideline in a hurry for a stop at the line. That's obviously fantastic news. As you know, I'm extremely skeptical of these linebackers, so any kind of note like this is, is great to hear. Uh, cornerbacks, Eric Stokes still running with the ones on Kevin King's first day back. However, next note, no team drills for Kevin King on his first day back. So they're obviously easing him back in, so don't get too crazy about it. Um, and then finally, Eric Stokes with fantastic coverage on a comeback route from Funches. Ball goes to Adams on a short crosser. So it wasn't a coverage play as far as a deflected pass or anything because the ball went in a different direction. But this person happened to notice he was watching Stokes, and Stokes did a great job covering on the play. 
Safety notes, Love throws deep to Taylor. Once again, Stokes had fantastic coverage, while Amos sprints over from center field and picks off the pass. If camp is any indication, Amos is in for a big year. Again, you heard about that here first on this podcast, thanks to Coach Hahn, who first highlighted that if this defense plays out the way that he expects it to, Adrian Amos is going to have an unbelievable year, just by virtue of the way that this defense operates. The safeties are very important pieces, and statistically speaking, they're probably going to have much better better year, which also means they're going to start getting respect because you can be a great safety, but if you don't have the picks, nobody cares. If he gets like seven interceptions this year or something, just some crazy number, everybody's going to be talking about how this is a great year, which it would be, but I'm just saying it's it's from a, you know, well, whatever, you get the point. Benker throws high for Begleton, and that man, Innes Gaines, almost comes down with a diving interception. I will say, Kurt Benkert is a great follow, and he's a great dude, and I'm glad he's on the team. I've only had, I think, two notes on Kurt Benkert, and I think they've all been interceptions. <laughs> I'm not positive. And then finally, um, and I'm, I think this is Rob Domofsky. I'm not positive if this is even serious or not. I feel, as soon as he put it, I was like, I feel like this is bait. Like, he wants me to say this, or somebody to say this, and then he can be like, ha ha, you idiot. That's, I was kidding. Not listed here, but Tipagalea, who I know that's not how you say it, but I'm going to keep saying it that way, is the backup long snapper, and he's actually pretty good at it. I just, that's got to be fake, right? Either that or they were just goofing around. Again, the guy is like 230 pounds. There's no way. I mean, I guess there's a way because I don't think you can line up over him. So maybe it's just like he just has zero blocking responsibilities, which I don't think that's how that works. But I don't know. That's got to be fake. 100% that's got to be fake. I'm not, just disregard that. He might have been messing around and it was like a thing. Like Rogers kicking a field goal for fun, you know? Anyways, that's it for today. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'm going to go check on this old pork roast. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.